Hey, GHC. This is Samantha coming to you from the GHC Leadership Series. I'd like to introduce to you today's guest speaker. She is the Chair of Physical Science and Math. She is a Principal Investigator of our undergraduate research efforts uh, with Lake Alatoona over at the Cartersville campus. Um, she's my personal mentor. She holds my hand in a lot of things. And I'm very, very, very thankful for her, Ms. Erin Shufro. Hey, Erin, how are you? I'm good. How is everybody today? Yay, everybody's good. I can tell. It's been a great day. Um, I'm just going to jump into it. The reason you're here is because I sent out a call to ask any type of leader who might be willing to uh, get involved in an honors project with me. I gave a list of things um, that I was willing to do episodes about. Delegation was one of them. Um, and, and you chose delegation. And I know why you chose delegation. Why don't you tell us why you why don't you tell us why you chose delegation? So I chose delegation because it's something that I personally struggled with, especially when I first became a leader. And, and I'm a firm believer in kind of confronting the things that you struggle with head on. And it was something that in my first year as chair, I really wanted to work on on myself because I knew it was something that I struggled with. So when the topic came up, I was like, well, let me pick something that that I've personally struggled with and, and really had to work my way through. Yes. And I know I know from um, we've been together for almost a year. Um, I, I do work in the lab with her uh, on, t- you know, the water quality for Lake Alatoona. You guys were on Cartersville campus. Let me give a shameless plug. You should check us out. We have a blog and you can join. Any student is welcome. You do not have to be a science major. Uh, enough of that. Absolutely. We'll, we'll make a whole new podcast on that. Um, how did you end up in your current leadership role? Um, well, when the opportunity, when the opportunity came out and I knew that we were going to have division chairs at Georgia Highlands, at first I, I was a little hesitant to apply for the job because I really love to teach. And I knew that if I went into this teaching role, I would, or if I went into this role, I'd have to teach less. Right. Um, I'd have to cut my number of classes way down. But the thought occurred to me that maybe I could reach more students, not fewer students. Right. So if if I was um, working outside of the classroom to improve the lives of students at Georgia Highlands, maybe I could touch all of the students that have to come through the School of STEM rather than the ones that just come through my class. Right. So that's what really kind of kind of caught my interest was this idea that maybe I could help other people. Well, you know, if you hadn't had that thought, you and I probably would have never met. Probably not. I mean, because I've never taken one of your classes. Nope. Y'all, she's one of my mentors and I've never taken one of her classes. You guys got to keep your eyes open for uh, who, who leads you. You never know. It might be a mentor that you don't even know is a mentor to you. Um, and it might be someone you'd never expect. So um, in leadership, it's really, 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 I can't say it enough, important to... Um, I don't want to say find yourself a mentor, but maybe connect with a mentor. And I don't want to say latch on to them, but latch on to them. Um, In fact, that's what we're going to do. Our our, the leadership conference coming up at Georgia Highlands. You and I are going to do a presentation on the mentor mentee relationship. We are because just as much as just as important as it is to be a quality mentor, it's also just as important to be a quality mentee. Yeah, we're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on that for sure. Um, so let's start way, way, way back, way back, you know, like back when I was a kid, <laughs> what, what sparked your interest when you were young? What, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my goodness. What didn't I want to be? <laughs> That's what everybody said. Like, I want to see a firefighter, a cheerleader, and a teacher. And what did you want? To be? I wanted to be a writer. 
I was really into books. I loved to read. Um, that's what I spent most of my free time doing. If you were looking for me, you could find me in the library with a book in my hand. And so I figured if I if I wasn't going to be a writer, I wanted to be a librarian. You know, we had Jessica Osborne in here earlier today, and she talked to us about organization and organizational leadership styles. And um, she's pretty much the same boat. She was always a reader. She knew, she knew, you know, really young that she was reading things that were way above her head. And you guys should go check out that episode with Jessica Osborne. Um, she on, actually became a librarian. She, and she like became me. a librarian. She said, I didn't, I didn't foresee myself becoming a librarian, but I couldn't see myself anywhere else. So that's basically what she said. And, and you guys need to check out that podcast. That episode. Um, let's talk about your, uh, your schooling, your degrees, sure. where you went, what you, what kind of degrees you hold, what you said. Um, I actually started at a community college. It was Monroe community college up in New York. Um, I did a little over two years there, got all of my all of my gen ed requirements out of the way. When I left MCC, I went to a school called Rochester Institute of Technology, um, also in, in Rochester, New York. I did that so I could live with my dad because wow. he was willing to, they couldn't help me pay tuition, but they were able to let me live with them, um, not pay any rent, not yeah. pay for groceries, you know, that's huge. When that's going to college. huge, yeah. Yeah, so I stayed, I stayed at home. Um, after RIT, my options in Rochester were really limited for an advanced degree. The only school where I could where I could move on was the University of Rochester. Um, but I didn't really want to stay. I wanted to expand my horizons. I wanted to get out of Rochester. I wanted a place where I'd have better options for jobs. Mm-hmm. So I, I promised my sister I wouldn't go too far. I looked all over the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up at Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, with the exception of my very first semester in college, I was a chemistry major. Um, the very, very first semester, I was a physics major. But wow, yeah, I, I quickly changed that over to chemistry. Yeah, because it's physics. Because it's physics. You guys, <laughs> you, you can be scared of physics. Our professors are sometimes scared of physics. Just do it and and do well in it, and, and you're fine. You're fine. I, I did pass the class, but it was a very hard class. Um, and I realized just that I liked chemistry a lot better. Yeah. I liked the the material a lot better. I've seen you work. Uh, I've needed something in the lab or something like that. And she's like, I mean, if you, if you guys can see, yeah, she points her little head up at the sky and she goes, Hmm, I think we can make that. Here's the, here's how you do it. <laughs> it blows my mind. And I keep every calculation that you have, every calculation of any solution that you've made for me. It's in my notebook. Just saying now, even on the paper towels, because sometimes she doesn't have, she doesn't have paper. So she just grabs paper towel and just works it out. It's fascinating because I struggled in chemistry. I think they call that napkin math. That napkin math. <laughs> Any mathematicians out there, y'all can confirm. So the, obviously we, we mentioned it earlier. The reason you're here is, is delegation. Let's talk about what that means um, as, as a leader, what, what it means to be able to delegate as a leader. Sure. I mean, really at the heart of delegation is is distributing tasks to other folks, right? right? So when you when you're a leader, oftentimes you're pulled in a million directions. I know every day my to-do list gets longer. And so really delegation is is recognizing amongst your people who's best suited for a task and then going to them and saying, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I need help. Can you take care of this for me? Yeah. And I know I've literally seen her to-do list. It is three pages long. I have to encourage her on a daily to flip the page and try for a different day <laughs> because she keeps putting it on the same day. So I, I totally get it. And one cool thing was uh, two days ago, uh, she delegated a task to me. I did. Yeah. And she did really well at it. And I said, I will have it done and it will be done by Monday. Yeah. 
I didn't tell her I would be done by Monday. I just voted myself into that just now. So. <laughs> Why do you think the delegation is an important leadership skill? It's important for a lot of reasons. I mean, aside from the fact that it's important for my sanity, you know, when I have 9 million tests that need to get done and I know that I can't do them all by myself, right. it's important for that. But I also feel like one of my goals is, is department chair is to really help my faculty to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the job, it's not a supervisory role. It's more like a coaching role. Right. Like my job is to help them grow and achieve the things that they want to achieve. And when I first came to Georgia Highlands, I was given a lot of space mm-hmm. to do things. Right. I was given a lot of space to be creative, to do the things that I wanted to do. And I was also, you know, given tasks, things that they asked me to do. Like they hired me to create an online course Mm -hmm. and they gave me the space to do that. Nobody looked over my shoulder. They said, here, create this course and we're going to run it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to do the same for my people. I want them to have that opportunity to grow and shine and, and be rock stars. And they need space to do that too, you know, and they need when there's things that come up at work, you know, leadership things, they need me to say, hey, here's this this leadership thing. Right. You know, are you interested? Is this something that aligns with your interest? Would you like to take this project? Right. So um, just just bouncing off of that, off the cuff, off the outline, just, just going to go with it. So a um, little brief history about how Professor Shufra and I met. Um, I gained myself an internship. Uh couple weeks later, lost said internship. I had already dropped two of my classes to be enrolled into the internship class. Um, and so I was at a loss. I attended a information session for the undergraduate, um, research projects, uh, on the Parsville campus that we do with Lake Alatoona association. Um, and, and I, the day that I attended that, that evening was when I found out that I lost that internship. And that was the first time since summer of 2019. Okay, we're in 2020. The first time since summer of 19 where I felt defeated and I felt lost and I wasn't sure what to do. I did not know you from anybody else. I was I was just a student sitting on the other side of the screen. I was interested in doing the research because I wanted to... Um, for me, my belief, whether it's true or not, but for me and what I believe, I'm a non-traditional older student. And so I thought it was really important that I be involved in extracurriculars so it looked good on my, my resume, you know, my, my CV, what we call a CV. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know what a CV is. It's just a college resume with all the bells and whistles, everything that you've accomplished, right? Yep. Um, so I, I, I that's why I, I reached out for the research um, to be involved in that. And that night after uh, after that information session was when I learned that I lost that uh, internship. And I literally didn't know Professor Shufro at all. I sent her an email. I kind of poured my heart out and I said, this is what's happening. I kind of feel like everything's falling apart. Do you think there's any chance that we could, I could volunteer uh, for the research, but maybe uh, utilize some of those hours for internship hours? Because here we are going to week six. Mm -hmm. of a a 16 week class. So I have 10 weeks to figure out how to get 120 hours and I didn't have a job. And a professor said, well, I'm not sure if that's even a thing, but why don't you give me a couple of days and let me do some research and call you back. And a day later, she called, but she sent me an email. She didn't call me back. We, we don't call, we don't talk on the phone. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we email. That's what we do. She's, she, her, she doesn't get the signal in her office. Um, so I, uh, I got an email back and said, listen, 
Dr. Boyce, who is my advisor, still is, uh, has approved me to, to offer you 120 hours of service in the lab. And I literally cried my eyeballs out. I was like, how on earth does this happen? And I'll tell you how it happened. It's because I embedded myself with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Boyce trusted me and trusted me to be able to do a good job for you, I think. And that's why she granted us the permission to do that 120 hours. But y'all, I didn't know, I didn't know Professor Shufro from anybody else. And uh, I reached out to her. And and from the time that I got that email that offered me that 120 hours, you have been my go-to mentor. You are who I who I ask. And I know that your to-do get list gets long, but there are times I go in and sit in her office for 15 minutes because I just need to talk to her. Not about anything, but about stuff. And I delegate stuff to you. She does. <laughs> and you delegate so well. So when I, that, that was my next point. When I first came into the program as an intern, um, into the research group as an intern, um, Professor Shufro basically gave me the reins and said, we need systems. Um, we, we need to, you know, we need to working out routes to go pick up water with students and their schedules and, and everything that comes along with that, you know, um, uh, training training uh, materials. Uh, we have a blog that I created as part of my internship, um, you know, just stuff. And she let me have that. And so I know that you say that you struggle with delegation, but coming from on the outside and looking in, just so you know, it does not look like you struggle with that for me at all. It's the internal struggle. <laughs> the struggle is real. The internal, because the internal struggle for me comes from a need to have control of right. everything. Right. Um, it, it, that's an ingrained personality trait in me. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe two years ago, I was loading the dishwasher at home. Mm-hmm. And my husband, <laughs> bless his heart, <laughs> is the world's worst backseat driver. And he came along behind me and he started rearranging the dishwasher. And that was like my light bulb moment because I wanted to kill him. Right. Like I looked over at him and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, right. dude? Like, he just, he, he rearranged everything I did. And so I walked away. I'm like, cool, you load it. And then I realized like, that's, that's me, right? right? Like I have this need to control everything and this need for things to be done a certain way on a certain time schedule. And I'm very much a believer that only I can do things in the right way. Right. And I had to let that go. Right. You know, I sing that frozen song, let it go. Yeah. Like I had to let that go. Right. Let go of that notion that only I can do things and only I can do them in the right way. Right. And realize that the dishes still got clean. Right. Like, like he rearranged that dishwasher and the dishes still came out as clean as they would have had he left me alone. Right. <laughs> And so it just, it served as a lesson to me. And every time I find myself doing that, coming behind someone and, and redoing things or coming behind someone to look over their shoulder to make sure they're doing something in the way that, that I would do it. I remind myself of that, that I didn't like it when it happened to me. Right. And that I need to let it go. That's right. my phrase. Let and it go. My internal like song <laughs> when I catch myself doing it is let it go, Erin, let it go. Right. Like, you know, you other people can do things and it will still come out in just as wonderful a way if you just let them have that space to be themselves. You have to trust them. Exactly. You have to trust them. And they have to trust you. And I will say, like, I have trusted you with a lot of things in the lab and you have performed above and beyond my expectations. You know, there's things that I asked you to do in that first semester that, you know, I really thought you'd be at my door every five minutes going, I need help with this. But you did it and you did it really well. You may not have always done it the way I would have done it, but the results were the same. Right. Right. And so that's why this semester, you know, I gave you the, the QC stuff like, yeah. hey, you know, take this, take this off my plate. And yeah. you were just, you really 
really helped me out. I don't know how we would have gotten as much done as we did if I didn't have Aww, you there. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. That's so a- you didn't see the internal struggle, but, <laughs> but it was there. It was there. <laughs> but well, just so you know, from the other side of it, you do it really well. You hide it really well. Because I mean, you know, I've never, I, you've never delegated a task to me where you're like, mm, I'm just going to go ahead and take that right back. Well, no, but we've had some lively discussions about right. things. Like you've come to me with things and said, you know, this is how I want to do it. And there's been a couple times when I've had to stop myself because mm-hmm. I've been like, mm. yeah. Why you want to do it that way? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We have some heated moments. Yeah. That's the beauty of being adults and, and being mentor and having that mentor mentee relationship, you know, and the fact that we've been together for a year. That's Definitely, yeah. It gets easier the longer yeah. you work with somebody because you do build that trust and you do start to realize that, you know, I can trust you to do things and not have to look over your shoulder because I know that you're going to get it done. And Dana Nichols was here right before you were. We did a whole episode on trust. On trust. I learned some things. Yeah. on From a from an organizational standpoint, I guess, you know, not so much personal. I feel like you and I are, are have a more personal kind of a trust as opposed to uh, what we were talking about with her was the organization and, mm-hmm. and being trusted by them, not me trusting you, but you trusting me and coming at it from that angle. So I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Do you, do you think it's safe to say that delegation as a leader empowers your team members? Oh, definitely. Like you said, I mean, that was one of the things that when I started at Georgia Highlands, that they really let me have that space and they really let me have the freedom to try things out, you know, the freedom to try and fail. Mm-hmm. you know as well as try and succeed and so i think the same thing is is true of my people you know giving them that that space right to to try new things and that space to to again try tasks in ways that maybe i would not have i would not have done them but right. they still get it done right right, right. Um, and so yeah it's, it's very very much so so i have on here to tell me about your approach to delegation but i think i really know We've, we've already covered that. We, we got, I pretty much know your approach to delegation. That's just to get it off your list. <laughs> just get it off your list. Just do it. Let me see what can she do. That's the one. Yep. That really, I mean, honestly, but it's also, I have to recognize the strengths and weaknesses of my team members. Not everybody is suited for every task. Right. So sometimes when I'm looking at my task list and I'm like, okay, well, this is, I can't give this to Samantha. This is not suitable. But this thing over here, like the designing of the flyers that I asked you, like that was something that I knew you could do. I knew you had the skill set. I knew you had the tools, mm-hmm. right? And so a big part of delegation is just understanding where my strengths and weaknesses are in my people. Yeah. And, okay, this task would be really well suited for this person. Mm-hmm. And this task is maybe not suited for this person, but for somebody else. Right. And so there really is thought that goes into it in the sense of, you know, how can I give things to people who will succeed and, and really grow with this versus if I try to give this to this person, it's not in their wheelhouse. Right. You know, and and sometimes that's okay too, because you want them to grow a little bit and maybe you give them something they might struggle with a little bit. Right. But for the most part, I'm really looking at when I have a list of things that need to be done. Okay, who can I give this to right. that will enjoy the task, that will do well with the task, right. that will grow with the task and and have the tools. Right necessary to do the task. Right. That makes sense. So when you're, when you, when you, when you are able to delegate specific tasks and you delegate them across the board of the team, do you think that doing that builds relationships among your team members? Yeah. Um, I definitely think so. Not so much. So 
with my faculty, it's a little different because we're also scattered. Right. You know, there's not as much, there is some interaction, particularly amongst the smaller groups, like the chemists, you know, their their own little group and right. math folks, you know. Um, but with faculty, it's a little different. With my students, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like within the Lake Alatoona Research Group, I have seen that grow so much mm-hmm. from this little tiny group with like six students to this much larger group. And there's a lot more connections now between mm-hmm. the students and a lot more almost mentoring, I would say, between the students who've been with us for a while and the brand new students coming on. So yeah, I definitely think that it particularly in that instance, delegating tasks in that respect has right. really helped that. Well, I will tell you on from from being in the lab and, and being on that side that um, I have walked away with some real relationships, some some real um, honest relationships that I will cherish even once I'm not involved. Should there ever come a day? I can't imagine my life without going to the lab. It's weird. It is weird. But if I ever, you know, when I when I'm not going to be involved forever, and and when that time comes, there there will be people that I take away from that experience with me, and they will always be with me. And you're one of those people, by the way. Yes. So, um, do but do I know I've had some personal struggles with delegation, and that's why. Um, I wanted to talk to you about it because I know that you've also had personal struggles. Um, how do you tackle this subject like head on? How, how do you, how do we, how do we express how important delegation is and, and how do we help people maybe let go of some of the, is it anxiety? I don't know. Something that comes with that. I don't know if anxiety is the right word I'm looking for. It is in some sense anxiety, but it's, for me, like I said, it really, my struggles with delegation really come out of this need for the world to be a controlled place. And we all know the world is not a controlled place. Like right. I do not control the world. Right. And so I suffer per- from anxiety over the fact that I do not control the world and that the world does not go the way that Aaron Schufer thinks the world should go. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, never has, unfortunately. Right. Uh, and so when I can't control the world, I try to narrow things down and control the things that I feel like I can control. Right. You know, like I can control what channels on the TV when I'm on the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, I can control what we have for dinner. You know, there's things that I can that I can control. And I tend to cling to those things more tightly because there's so few things that I can control. And that's where my struggles with delegation came out of because if I don't delegate, then I can control. Right. But the the kind of opposing force on that is that I can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, I'm letting my team down if I don't get everything done right. because I can't delegate. Right. And so I'm a big fan of introspection and leadership, like really looking at yourself. And when I took the job, I knew that there were certain things that I personally had to work on. Mm-hmm. Delegation was one of those things. And I said, all right, listen, what's the most urgent thing I got to work on? Like, what do I have to work on first, you know, in order to be successful in this job? Right. Um, and delegation was really the thing. Like it was the thing that, like, you know, hey, right. this job is, there's so many things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And if I don't learn to do this, if I don't learn to let it go, then I'm going to be in trouble. It's going to be a hindrance. Mm-hmm. So I started small. I started with the things that not didn't matter to me, but the things that if I let them go and they didn't go well, like the whole world wasn't going to come crashing right. down. Mm-hmm. So I started trying to let go of some of the little things on my list. 
Um, and as I did that and I found that things did get done and they did get done well, then I was like, okay, well, if I can let these little things go, then maybe I can just slowly ramp it up. Right. So I didn't start out letting any of the big things go. Um, and to be honest, I still struggle. Like there's times, um, like I run the, the supplemental instruction program at Georgia Islands mm -hmm. and my boss said something to me at some point about letting somebody else take over. And my instinct was no, <laughs> like, that's mine. Like you can't take that away from me. Right. You know, like that's just like, that was my instinct was like an instant. I mean, I didn't even think my instant reaction was no, you can't have it. That's mine. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I did the same thing to you. Progress, right? I did the same thing to you. And we were talking about quality control and bringing in, bringing in an intern and, and giving them quality control. It's like, wait a second. That's fine. That's fine. You said, you said I could have that. You gave that to me, you know? So uh, yeah, I'm a work in progress. Yeah, we all are, I'm right? No, none of us are. Despite appearances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not today. I did wear a dress today. This never happens. That's because I'm in the lab not allowed to. Um, so what we're talking about letting go of the little things on the list, what are some other strategies that, uh, might help somebody overcome personal obstacles when, when they're trying to, maybe when they're stepping up into a leadership role or maybe a new leader, um, maybe to, to kind of help them learn how to delegate tasks. Shift your focus. Shift your focus. Shift your focus. It's not from I'm giving this up to I'm coaching this person. So a, a lot of times I'll give somebody something and then I'll ask them what they need for me to make it happen. Like, what do you need? Mm -hmm. You know, like I give you this thing, what tools do you need? What resources do you need? I try to shift the focus in my brain from I'm giving this thing up to I'm going to, this person's going to take this and I'm going to coach them and, and help them grow and learn it. And basically um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, help them in their journey, right? Help them in their growth. And so I try to shift the focus in my own mind to make it more positive to, right. to what I'm doing. Well, right? it's not if you don't, it's going to be crazy mm -hmm. because you're going to have anxiety and you're going to, all those things that we've been talking about, if, you know, if you hold on to that stuff. Um, I know we've been talking about how delegation is a challenge for you. What What is your biggest challenge as far as delegation goes? And to follow up before you even answer that, um, how have you ever overcome that challenge? Have I ever overcome it? How have you? Oh, how have I? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that the biggest thing for me, the biggest challenge for me is, well, it's kind of twofold. Number one, it's trust. It's having that trust in someone else. I'm not by nature a very trusting person. And so learning to fake it till I make it, you know, have that trust in the person. And the second thing is not to micromanage, you know, to, when I give something to someone to ask them, what do you need to be successful, but not force myself, you know, on them. So if you tell me, listen, this is what I need to be successful. Then I give you that and nothing else and let you come to me and say, okay, now I need this or now I need that. So it's really been not micromanaging and just letting them, letting them have that freedom, yeah. you know, because that's what they them. gave you. That's mm -hmm. what the college gave you. And so you you kind of give that to your to your peers. Yeah. So yeah. provide support when they ask, but not, you know, not unsolicited advice, right. not looking over their shoulder, right. not rearranging the dishwasher when they didn't <laughs> Because um, the, the dishes are gonna come out clean either way. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. And that is how I overcome it is remembering the dishwasher. You right. Know, whenever I feel that urge come on to look over somebody's shoulder and, you know, just make sure they're doing it the proper air and super way. Right. You know, I remember the dishwasher. Well, I remember how mad I was about that. Yeah. Well, I know that, that you and I, and we've said the sentence 
a few times since we've been recording the the, the episode. Um, what do you mean? That is a sentence that you and I say to each other every day. And I think um, kind of getting off the topic of delegation and going more into mentorship, which we are going to have an episode on mentorship. So make sure you're listening to that. Um, but one of the things um, I think that's really important from mentor and mentee, um, mentor needs to go to that mentee and say, what do you need? And I believe that that mentee needs to go to that mentor and say, what do you need? Um, because as much as you're a mentor to me and I'm a mentor to you, I feel like the roles reverse mm-hmm. when it's something else. I mean, it might not be what's going on in the lab, but it's, it's some, you know, maybe there's uh, some kind of challenge that you face that I've, I've faced before. You know, it's, it's cool that we're like close to the same age because we, not that we've had the same experiences, but we've had life experiences. And so it's easy for us to take care of each other in that, in that aspect, I think. And to add to that, it's important to trust that you will come to me and tell me what you need, mm-hmm. right? To complete whatever I, you know, I have to have the faith that if you need something, you will come tell me. And that's a big part of it, right? Is trusting that you will go out there, go for a few things I need you to do, but that if you hit a snag or a snafu or whatever, right. that you'll come to me and say, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing, but I, I need this support. I will tell you, I had to, I had to promise some things today. So we, <laughs> I have one last leader after you're here. I had to rearrange my schedule. It should be, it should be a short thing. Um, but I have one last leader to talk to. And she came here um, while I was in between visiting folks. I had seven people today. It's a long day to talk about a lot of heavy stuff sometimes. And um, she said, listen, I don't have a crazy set class schedule. I don't have a calendar. If you get tired at the end of the day, we, we can do this another day. And I said, if I get tired, I promise I will come to you and I will tell you. If I, if I don't think I can handle it, I promise I will do that. And she just looked at me and said, I promise. I promise I'll do that. So I think, it, you know, being, although she's not a mentor to me, but having that frame of mind and knowing that I need help and I need to reach out for that help because nobody's a mind reader. Well, I'm going to retract that. It's not that nobody's a mind reader, but I'm certainly not a mind reader and you're not either. So most of us are not mind readers. I struggle, you know, it's funny because when I was an undergraduate, I also struggled with asking for help as a faculty member too. And I think that's tied into my inability to delegate, my inability to ask for help. Again, it's that control, that admitting that I can't do something on my own and that I need help. Um, I am definitely, I struggle on both sides of the coin. I struggle with asking for help and I struggle with, with delegating. Yeah. So I know we, we talked about, um, when a leader should delegate, we, we talked about how to get things off your list, how to get things done and, and, you know, um, provide for your team in a positive way by, by knocking out the task that you're supposed to, to, to knock out. But on the other, on the other side of that spectrum, um, when should a leader not delegate? Oh, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are certain things that I cannot delegate because they're sensitive, right? right. So there are certain, I, in my role, I'm privy to certain information that I cannot always share. Sometimes it's information about a student. It might be something confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are certain times, there are certain things that I cannot delegate because of the, because of that, because of the need for confidentiality. Um Some of the other things that I would not delegate are I'm a mentor to some of my newer faculty, right? They've come in, they're still learning the faculty role. They're learning um, all the ins and outs of different things, things like advising and and, um, 
and being active on campus and, and teaching, you know, and all the little ins and outs that go with teaching. And so I'm a mentor to them and that's not something that I should delegate. They should be able to come to me whenever they have questions, need advice, you know, um, that's not something I should ever affirm out to somebody else. Yeah, we're, we're not in the kind of school here that you're going to walk in and say uh, the first day of class, and this is Professor Yahoo, and this is your teaching assistant, and I've got a book to write, so you're going to be talking to them. Yeah. Like, we don't go to that no. kind of school. <laughs> is there any last advice for upcoming or maybe even new leaders that are, are seeking a leadership role, whether it's about delegation or leadership in general? Is there anything that you can, like, advise somebody to do? Uh, trust, trust yourself. Yeah. Um, I was really nervous when I took this job because it was a brand new role. Not everything was well-defined. Um, so I would definitely say trust yourself. Um, try and whenever you hear those thoughts in your head, those imposter syndrome thoughts in your head, turn them off, mm-hmm. trust yourself, trust your people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's anything else really it just boils down to, to trust, right? Yeah. Trusting yourself and trusting your people. Yeah, I think that trust is an aspect of leadership that really goes hand in hand with delegation. And actually, when um, Dana was in here, and it's really weird to call her Dana, but she told me to do so. When Dana was in here and we were talking about trust, uh, the word delegation came up often. Um, and it really tied it together. And I even mentioned- So you should run our perspective. I know, and that's what I said. I was like, just so you know, Professor Shufro is going to be here and we're talking about delegation next. <laughs> she was like, that is fascinating. I was like, yeah, I know. So yeah, running it back to that. I'm going to run her and then you probably. Um, but anyway, that's, that's all I have. I, uh, I just want to say, I mean, uh, here's funny thing. Allison Hathaway was here earlier. We talked about team building. Um, Michelle Lockett-Lewis came in after her, Brandon Carroll. I told him that he needs to keep my design open across his desk for a resume. Uh, Jessica Osborne was here talking about organization and organizational uh, style of leadership. And Dana was here talking about trust. And we're going to talk about vision with Jessica Lindbergh next, um, which I think is huge because uh, back to my um, episode with Brandon Harrell, um, if there's, I have a vision and I'm, I want to exploit it. And just like you walking into uh, a new role and stuff like that, you know, there's a possibility that, that what I want to do doesn't exist. And I'm putting a foot forward to, to make, make sure it. to make it happen. Yep. And uh, I did that today by planting a seed with um, Coach Harold. So um, anyway, I just want to say thank you. you you've been a, uh, a, a phenomenal mentor to me. And, and without you, I would not be where I am today. I probably wouldn't be sitting here doing these, this podcast series. Don't make me blush. It's true. I'm not going to make you cry. I'm not going to cry either. I'm not crying or crying. Um, <laughs> but I mean, with, without your help um, and without the the ability for you to trust me and, and accept me into your program, your, um, your, um, leadership has afforded me my own leadership. And, and for that, I'm forever grateful. So I appreciate it. And I will say this, you and all of the students in the Lake Altitude Research Group have helped me to grow, right? right? I mean, it's, it's been a two-way street. It's certainly not been a one-way street, right? You know, watching everyone in the Lake Atlanta Research Group grow and become become leaders in their own right, some of them, yourself included, has really helped. I mean, it's, it's I can't emphasize that enough. It's not a one-way street, right. right? You get out of it what you put into it. True. And I feel like you have, you and I have mm-hmm. put a lot into this mentor-mentee relationship. And I feel like I've gotten 
as much out of it as I think that you did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I cannot wait uh, to present with you uh, regarding the mentor mentee relationship. It's the leadership, um, it's Clifton Puckett's uh, leadership conference at GHC coming up in October. I think so. I was looking at it online today. I think it was October. Like 16th, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to confirm that. In October, in leadership October. conference in for October. students. Yeah, yeah. so we're gonna present. <laughs> who we have here today is Aaron Shufro, chair of the physical science and math department, um, principal investigator of our undergraduate research with Lake Alatoona Association. We handle all that business on the Cartersville campus. Uh, the lab is in room C three seventy five. You can come by anytime you want. We'll put you to work. Uh, we'll we'll let you play with the instruments and see you know and explore the lab. Um, she's my personal mentor and I'm forever grateful for you. Thank you, Gary. You're very welcome.